everyone. Welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is Christine and I'll be your online host for today. If this is your first time tuning in, we would love to welcome you. Please text NEW to 604-285-5770 and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. And attention all parents, don't forget to visit mythrive.info slash thrivekids to download the kids activity for today and follow along during our kids Zoom classes from 10.45 to 11.15 a.m. There will be kids worship, a lesson and games. It's a lot of fun so I hope to see all the kids online. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I'm so excited to have Thanksgiving dinner. And of course, the best part is dessert. I'm so excited to have pumpkin pie for dessert. On that note, have you ever wondered how heavy is the world's largest pie? Comment in the chat room over here or over here or tell the person next to you your answer. Again, how heavy is the world's largest pie? Say or type your answer right now. Did you guess the correct answer? The world's largest pie weighs 3,699 pounds. That's enough to feed 5,000 people. That's amazing. Now, take a selfie of yourself and how excited you are tuning into Thrive Church Online Thanksgiving service and post it on all of your social media platforms. And be sure to tag us at hashtag Thrive Church Online. All right, everyone, are you pumped for today's service? Because I am. Let's jump into today's Thanksgiving service. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special Thanksgiving weekend edition of Thrive Church Online. My name is JB, I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive and on behalf of all of us here at Thrive, we want to wish you and your families a very, very happy Thanksgiving. You know, it is such a special weekend and if this is your first time here, we especially want to welcome you. You are what we call our VIP. Everyone say our VIP and you are our guest of honor today. And just to say thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us on this very special Thanksgiving weekend. We wanna have a special gift to give just for you. It's your very own Thrive Church stainless steel water bottle. It's beautiful, I use mine every day. If you wanna go to mythrive.info and you press the button new to Thrive, we'd love to connect with you that way and send it to you straight to your door. You can also text the word new to 604-285-5770. A huge welcome to all of our VIPs in this place. Can we give all of our VIPs a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? In fact, here at Thrive, we've got a saying, which is that welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, we just welcome one another in your chat room right now. Maybe you're sitting beside someone watching the service. Could you just let them know, give them a high five, a handshake, a hug, or maybe an air high five, an air handshake, an air hug, and just say, it's great to have you here. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's welcome another to church on this very special Thanksgiving weekend. 
You guys are a beautiful church inside and out, and a big happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you. The fact is this, this Thanksgiving is probably very different from any Thanksgiving that you or I have ever experienced. And the fact is this, we're in it together. And as long as we got each other, as long as we got each other, as long as we got each other, as long as we got God, we've got many things to be thankful for. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. We're not going to let a virus get in the way of us making the most of this Thanksgiving weekend together. We're going to focus on the good. We're going to have fun no matter what. We're going to celebrate because it's Thanksgiving. And so with that in mind, before I share the message with you today, it's time for our very first ever Thrive Thanksgiving podcast eating contest and so we're gonna hand it off to Raul and Christine our awesome online hosts and here they go for the very first ever Thrive Thanksgiving pie eating contest take it away Woo! thank you pastor JB Christine I'm so excited for today happy Sunday happy Sunday Raul I'm so excited to be here but why are we so excited it's a special oh. Sunday right it is it absolutely is do you know what Sunday it is Oh, I don't know. Are we going to the pumpkin patch? No. Oh. Am I invited for Thanksgiving dinner? No. Oh. Well, you. Can, I mean, yeah. No. Oh. Today is Pie Eating Sunday! No way! Let's make some noise for Pie Woo! Eating Sunday! That was a horn. Yes, that all right. You know, we can't do this pie eating Sunday without pie eating contestants. Of course, because we're not doing the pie eating. No. no. Okay. No way. So, we have three special contestants. Are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are, Are you they ready? ready? Comment yeah. and comment below. Let us know. And let us know. Are you guys ready? And is our live audience ready? Make some noise. All right. And our first contestant in the red cape, born in Edmonton, Alberta. A strange food combination she likes is watermelon feta and mint. Put your hands together for the amazing Amber. Next up, we have the one and only in the gold cape. We have Hans. He is born in Richmond. His favorite strange food combination is Spicy chocolate ice cream. All right, and our final contestant in the blue cape. Put your hands together for Gordon. Gordon is born in Taiwan, and his strange food combination is McDonald's fries with McDonald's ice cream. Not strange at all, my man. Bring it in. All right. All right, Christine, we have our contestants. Woo! We are ready for our pie eating contest. Contestants, are you guys ready? Yeah! Audience at home, let us know who you're voting and who you think will win. Use the flex emoji for Hans if you think he'll win. Woo! Yeah! Use the tree emoji if you think Amber will win. Woo! And last but not least, use the bike emoji if you think Gordon will win. All right! But no contest can go without any rules. Of course. So we're going to start off with the rules. And of course, the rules are simple. Easy as pie, as they uh, say. So there will be five apple pies per contestant. And each pie will be eight to nine inches wide. And whoever finishes all the pies first will be crowned the winner. Or 
whoever decides to give up, and if all of you guys give up, then the whoever finishes the most pies wins. Pretty Simple easy, right? Here we go. Are you guys ready? We're gonna count it down. Can audience, can you help us count it down? Five, four, three, three two, one, go! All right. Woo! We can see very different methods from each of them. We have one guy being very courteous. One already needs water. <laughs> and Alberta herself Woo! just chowing down. Here we go. These are some strategic pie eating. I've never seen all these methods going on here. You know what? It's Thanksgiving Sunday. That's right. Thanksgiving can't go without turkey. That's right. Am I going to get invited to your Thanksgiving dinner for turkey? Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Who's supposed to go to Raul's house for Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah. All right, got to go get more turkeys. But you know what? We both got a turkey. No way. Yes way. And unfortunately, I grew out this hair for nothing. Here we go. Let's get our turkey hat. You ready? No. No, well, I'm ready. Here we go. All right, Mr. Hungry Hans, what strategy are you going through? You don't have to use words, just show us. A little ASMR here. I All right. know! All right, Amber, what strategy are you using? Oh, just enjoy it. <laughs> Living the moment, exactly. right? Exactly. Enjoy the moment, and this pie is the moment I'm gonna win. Maybe. Oh, here we go. Oh we got one pie goodness. down. We got pie number two with The method starting. works. The shake works. It's amazing. He's the taking it down like a giant hamburger. Shake. Oh, my goodness. I clearly, Hans start from the crust first. But that's okay. So that's the key. It's the that's crust. That's the key. Exactly. So we might help oh, you here's the shake method. It's happening. Oh, it's happening right now. Shake it off. Oh, oh, oh. they're all doing it. Everyone's Give it up, audience. the shake Woo! method. Gordon's still on a nice fancy date. He is just enjoying himself. It's just him and pie. Oh no. And he's doing fine. Maybe slow and steady does win the race. Slow and steady does win the race. I think our contestants are just about at the end. No, says Hans. Give it up for Hans. Woo! Two pies, two, two pies, pies, two down! pies. Pies, two pies, two pies, two. You, did you hear that? Your new nickname, Two Pie Hans! Woo! Woo! Wait, All right, Raul, ladies and gentlemen. I thought pie is 3.14. Oh man, come on, Hans. We gotta get to the 3.14. Three pies. Three pies. I mean, three pies. Three pies. Three pies, three pies. Look, even your competition is cheering you on. What a great church, guys. I mean, come on. Come on. We are so even our loving. competitors are cheering each other on. We are so encouraging. 3.14. Yeah, oh, here, we, here go. we go. Third pie. Three pies, three pies, three pies. Oh, no. The white flag. Ooh. It's being raised. It's no being shook. Already so is she tossing soon? it? Out. Oh! All right, everybody, give it up for Amber. Woo! Oh, oh no, the 
This is it. Han, he has waved it. Please, do you have a comment for us? I've done my time. I've eaten my pies. And I'm quite satisfied. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Everybody, give it up for two pie hands! Make some noise! So this is our third viewing of the church show. No, I'm just kidding. We're still here, and Gordon is making his way. Gordon, how are you feeling? I don't think I can finish the second pie. Yes! Oh my goodness, there it is, the folks. Yes! Let's give it up for one pie, Gordon! Oh one my pie, God. Gordon! One pie, Gordon! Woo! Christine, you know what that means? I don't know what that means. What does that mean? One pie, Gordon is not two pie, Hans. Bring back two pie, pie Hans! Hans! Two Woo! pie, Hans! Two pie, Hans! All right! Oh my goodness! Hans, how are you feeling? Sick. <laughs> don't I feel worry, great. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I feel great. I feel full. I feel very, very satisfied. You look satisfied, without a doubt. You look very satisfied. I definitely pushed my limits today. I would say so. You pushed your limits so far that you finished two pies. Everybody give it up for two pie Hans! All right. Well, thank you for being such an amazing contestant. And no winner should go without showing that they've won. So we have something very special, don't we? We will crown the champion of our fighting contest. Let Audience, us give it up for Hans. Two pie Hans. Two pie Hans. Two pie Hans. Two pie Hans. So Hans will be crowned the pie crown and on top of that he will be receiving the first ever the one and only first ever pie professional pie eater champion plaque all right Woo! now does it feel like it was worth it Right. right. That's what we want to hear. Thank you, audience, for checking this out. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope that you are still hungry for some more pie. We hope that you have a lovely Thanksgiving ahead, and of course, we hope that you have pie on your table for Thanksgiving. And of course, turkeys. I mean, how could you miss out? Have a happy Thanksgiving. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Wow. Well, hey, if you're just joining us right now, a huge welcome to you, a very happy Thanksgiving to you and your families. And if you're wondering, do we normally do pie eating contests here at Thrive Church Online? The answer is no. Uh, that was the first time we've ever done a pie eating contest. Who knows? That might be the very last time we ever do a pie eating contest, just depending on how everybody feels 24 hours from now. But hopefully it had, uh, it made you laugh. Hopefully it put a smile on your face. Hopefully at least it helped to get your mind off of some of the more serious things that we might be thinking about in this uncertain season. And in any case, a big thank you to all of our contestants and a huge congratulations to our newly crowned pie eating champion. That was a lot of pie. Oh my goodness. I hope you're okay after eating all that pie. We will pray for you later. But in the meantime, 
I've got the privilege, the joy, the honor of sharing with you a message that I pray is going to bring hope and encouragement to you on this Thanksgiving weekend. And so what I want to do is invite you to grab your Bibles if you brought it today. This is mine. This is my Bible. It's a paper Bible. Maybe yours is a phone or a computer that's got the Bible in it. Either way is cool. If you brought your Bibles, would you mind holding up in the air if you can? And we're just going to make this proclamation together. This is a fun way to get our hearts ready for the message. We do this every single week here at Thrive Church Online. And if you don't know, you can read it off the screen. Let's say this together right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, before we get into the message today, let me tell you, last month here at Thrive Church Online, I announced to all of you who are here that we, as we start a brand new year here at Thrive Church, we have a brand new theme for this year starting in September. That theme is Contagious Hope. And it's because in a time, in a climate, in a period of history when people are scared of spreading and getting infected by a deadly virus, We're here at Thrive Church not to spread and infect people with COVID-19, but we're here at Thrive Church to spread and infect people with something called hope. And we believe that hope is even stronger than COVID-19. And the fact is this, even before we announce that the theme for this brand new year is contagious hope, you guys have already been spreading contagious hope to people both in the city of Vancouver and in different places around the world. For example, earlier this year when COVID-19 first hit, we partnered with a local charity called Backpack Buddies, and you guys gave over $12,000 for the cause of feeding hungry children living in poverty in the greater Vancouver area so that they would have food to eat for an extended period of time during the COVID-19 pandemic. Can you give God a big hand for that? That is awesome. That is amazing. Praise God for that. Later on in the year, in August, when there was a massive gas explosion that tore through the city of Beirut in Lebanon in the Middle East, you as a church gave generously to provide food, shelter, medical aid to people in Beirut who needed it. That was an amazing, amazing example of your generosity. Well, with all that in mind, since we're here to spread contagious hope, let me tell you about our next project together that we're going to do together as a church family, and we want to invite you to be a part of it. We call it Bibles for Kenya. See, just now, many of you guys grabbed a Bible and you made this fun, faithful declaration together. You said, this is my Bible. It is God's word. And it was just us declaring and proclaiming how important and precious the word of God is to us. Now, the fact is this, there are millions of people around the world who cannot do what you just did. And do you know why? It's because they don't have a Bible. And not only do they not have a Bible, they don't have internet access or they don't have a device where they can watch an online service just like what you're doing right now. And see, a few months ago, my friend, Pastor Simon Odiambo in, in Kenya, Africa, who loves what we're doing here at Thrive, he contacted me and said, hey, Pastor JB, here in Kenya, every month, we can't have church meetings right now, but we're going to different villages and neighborhoods in Kenya. And we are literally seeing hundreds of people every month responding to to the message of hope that is in Jesus Christ. But the problem is they don't have Bibles to read for themselves. And so I'm not asking you for money, but do you have Bibles that you can give us? 
And see, because we believe that the Bible is the most powerful, life-changing, hope-giving book there is, we are partnering with Pastor Simon's church in Kenya to provide Bibles for hundreds of new Christians in Kenya so that they can have God's word in their own language of Swahili to read for themselves and find hope through it. And so this is our goal. By Sunday, November 1st, starting today until Sunday, November 1st, 2020, we want to deliver through a Christian bookstore located in Kenya, 500 Bibles to 500 new believers in Kenya. In fact, we've already started to give Bibles to them. We've got pictures of them receiving it. It's been awesome, but we want to involve the entire church community and you watching online. You can be a part of this as well. You can go to mythrive.info and click that button, Bibles for Kenya, and it just costs about $7 to send one Bible in Swahili to a new believer in Kenya. We would love for you to be a part of spreading contagious hope by sharing the Word of God with people who don't have it. And so can we do an awesome job, especially at Thanksgiving, of spreading contagious hope? Would you turn to your neighbors and say, it's time to spread hope? Tell them right now, let's spread some hope. It's time to spread hope. Praise God. You guys are an amazing church inside and out. Let's get into the message today. I thought to start off, I would share with you guys something I thought was really funny and is appropriate for Thanksgiving as well. It's called the parrot and the turkey. See, there was a young man called John who received a parrot as a gift. The parrot, for some reason, had a really bad attitude, and he had an even worse vocabulary. Every word that came out of the parrot's mouth was rude, it was obnoxious, it was laced with profanity, and so John did everything he could to try to change the bird's attitude. He would only speak nice things, polite things to the bird. He would you know, play soft music in the background. Anything he could do to hopefully clean up the bird's vocabulary, but nothing seemed to work. Finally, John got fed up. He's like, I'm sick of this. He started yelling at the parrot. The parrot started yelling back at John. And you know, John shook the parrot and the, the parrot squawked and kicked and got even more angry and even more rude. So finally, John, in desperation, he grabbed the bird. He opened the fridge door to the freezer of his fridge and he threw the bird into the freezer. He closed the freezer door. And for the next few minutes, this bird is he's squawking and he's screaming and he's kicking and he's cussing and then suddenly everything went really quiet. And for a minute, not a peep was heard from out of that fridge. Fearing that he'd hurt the parrot, John, he opened the freezer door and the parrot calmly stepped out into John's outstretched arms and said, I believe I may have offended you with my rude language and behavior. I'm sincerely sorry for my conduct. I fully intend to do everything I can to change. John was stunned, and he was like, oh my goodness. He was about to ask the parrot what happened in the freezer that caused such a big change in his attitude when the parrot spoke and said, may I ask, what did the turkey do? See, here's the thing. Don't you wish that dealing with difficult people was as easy as just putting them in a freezer? Is there someone you hope to put in a freezer right now? I'm not, I don't mean permanently. I, I don't mean you know, for hours. I just mean maybe for a couple minutes. Don't you wish it was that easy? Maybe you feel like you've been dealing maybe with someone like a parrot or a turkey or a real life person who's acting like one of those. Or maybe you feel like you're in the freezer right now. Or maybe you're just having a tough time generally that even though it's Thanksgiving weekend, you're having a tough time being thankful. If that's you, then I've got a message for you that I think is going to bring you some encouragement today. Because today, on this Thanksgiving weekend, we are starting a brand new series at Thrive that I am so excited to do with all of you. We call this brand new series, 
happier you, learning the secrets to a happier you. See, over the next five Sundays, we're going to be talking about your happiness. And see, in the next few weeks, if you get into conversations with people about, oh, what school do you go to? If people say, oh, I went to Queens, or I went to Oxford, or I went to SFU, or I went to UBC, how about you? You can say, well, I go to happier you. It's because I'm getting my master's in happiness. You, you could say that if you want, because over the next five weeks, we're doing a series here at Thrive called Happier You, Learning the Secrets to a Happier You. Now, here's the thing. Truth be told, in all of my years going to church, I have never heard a series talking directly about how to be happy. I've never heard that before. And I think there are a few reasons for that. See, the first reason I think we might hesitate to teach directly about how to be happy is because of fear. We're scared that by focusing so much on happiness, we might come across as being self-absorbed or self-consumed or self-centered and it's all about us and we don't want to appear that way. We certainly don't want to be that way. So that might be one reason why we hesitate to teach on happiness in the church. There's a second reason is that maybe some of us, we hesitate to teach on how to be happy because we think, you know what, there's nothing to say. It's that, you know, it's no use. Either a person is happy or they're not. There's nothing you can do to change that. Maybe that's another reason. There's a third reason why we might hesitate to teach on how to be happy. And that, that is this, is that in Christianity, we are taught that we need to put God first. We don't need to put others before ourselves. And so as a result of all this, we might be inclined to start concluding that our own happiness is actually not that important and that there are far more important things in life than our own happiness, like honoring God and doing the right thing and taking care of others and, and serving and, and doing, you know, doing what's right and keeping our promises and taking care of our family and all that jazz. And, and maybe because of that, you've got this habit even for yourself where you will consistently put aside your own happiness because you think life is not about being happy, it's about being holy. And so if that's you, then I, gotta, I want you to listen up because the fact is this, it's, it's true that your happiness on earth is not the be-all and end-all of life. If you think that the only reason or the main reason why you are on this earth is so that you can be happy, then that is a self-centered, self-absorbed, self-consuming way to live. And ironically, you're not going to be very happy because you don't find lasting happiness just by focusing on yourself all the time. If you believe that, say Amen. But here's the thing, at the same time, that doesn't mean your happiness isn't important. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't focus at all on your happiness. Let me, in fact, give you three reasons why it is important to pay attention to your own happiness. See, the first reason is this, is that you need to invest in your happiness because how happy you are affects you and those around you more than you realize. See, I believe that you and I, we were put on this planet for a purpose. You read the Bible and you see that your life is not some random accident. Your life is not just some meaningless mistake, but you are God's masterpiece, the Bible says. And as specific and as unique and as personal and as custom made as God's plans for your life are, God's purpose for your life is that you would bring hope and happiness to the people around you. And if you want your home to be a happier place, if you want your marriage to be happier, if you want your work environment to be a happier place, a more hopeful place, then it begins with you and me. But here's the thing. It's hard to give what you don't have. 
And if you are someone who wants your marriage to be a happier thing, you want your home to be a happier thing, but you yourself aren't that happy, if you yourself don't have much hope, then you're going to probably be affecting the people around you with something, but it's probably not hope or happiness. You know, when I'm stressed, for example, when I'm upset, when I'm frustrated, when I'm angry, you know, and I go home that way, you know, I know it affects the people in my home more than I realize. Is that it's almost like there's this little cloud that comes over the whole house, and there's this sense of, oh, like, it's actually really stressful to be in here right now. No one might, any, no one might say anything, but that's maybe how they feel. It's because your happiness or your lack thereof affects you and those around you more than you know. So you need to pay attention to your happiness. Turn your neighbor and say, you need to pay attention to your happiness. You need to pay attention to your happiness. Or you want to say it shortly, it's your, your happiness matters. It does. Here's a second reason why you need to pay attention to your happiness. See, you need to invest in your own happiness because God cares about your happiness. See, every night when I put my two sons, eight years old Bradley and two-year-old Caleb, when I put them to bed, I will pray the same prayer over them every single night. I'll take Caleb, who's two years old, I'll put him in my arms, and we're in the dark, and before I put him back into the crib, I'll I'll say, okay, let's pray. All right, Caleb. Here, dear Jesus, thank you that Caleb is happy, healthy, wise, strong, loving, obedient to God, obedient to parents, and brave. May continue to grow in all these ways. Whether we've had a tough day or a good day, I'll always say the same prayer. It's almost like me communicating a vision over Caleb's life that he'd be a happy, healthy, wise, strong, loving boy. And I'll put him, okay, good night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, good night. Okay, good night. And then I'll leave him there. And maybe, you know, 20 minutes later, he's asleep. Or maybe two hours later, he hasn't slept yet. But eventually, oh, praise God, I can leave the room and I go in to the next room, and I will pray with my eight-year-old son, Bradley, and we'll pray the same prayer. And, we'll say, and I might not hold him in my arms like I used to that way, but I'll lie beside him, and I'll say, okay, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that Bradley is happy, healthy, wise, strong, loving, obedient to God, obedient to parents, and brave. And, and, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And my, my question for you is this. Why is it that without even thinking about it, the first most natural thing that I would ever pray for my kids and continue to pray even to this day is that they would be happy. Why? It's because as their dad, who loves them with everything that I am, I naturally want my kids to be happy. I'm naturally concerned for their happiness. Do you know the same goes for God? is that in the Bible, God is described as your heavenly father. And he loves you more than anyone else can possibly love you. And see, as someone who loves you, your heavenly father naturally cares about your happiness. He doesn't just care about what you're doing. He cares about how you're doing. He doesn't just care about what you're doing. He also cares about how you're feeling. He naturally cares about your happiness. It's because that's who he is. He's your heavenly father. He loves you. That's God's heart for you, you matter to God. And in fact, so much of what God does is for our ultimate happiness. You might be, well, why am I so unhappy? Well, just as our parents would sometimes do things that we wouldn't understand, but were ultimately for our good and ultimately for our happiness, sometimes God works that way as well. But you need to invest in your happiness because God cares about your happiness as well. If you believe that, say amen. To your neighbor and say, you matter to God. You matter to God. And number three, the third reason why you need to invest in your happiness is because happiness and holiness go hand in hand. See, let me say it this way. In the Bible, holiness, which is being like God, you know, being you know, pure, being morally upright, you know, holiness and happiness go together. And see, for starters, God 
is a happy God. If you read the Bible, you, you even find God, he is a God who is full of joy. If your idea of God is of some guy in heaven with a really long beard, a frown on his face, a hammer in his hand, he's just there to judge you when you fail, laugh at you when you fall, then the fact is you're not reading or studying the Bible. You're reading something else because the fact is over and over, the Bible describes God as full of joy. Look at Psalm 16 verse 11. What does it say? It says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. See, in whose presence? In God's presence, there is fullness of joy. In other words, when you get into God's presence, you can't help but feel his joy because God is full of joy. And see, I believe that's why people were so attracted to Jesus because people aren't attracted to negative, complaining, joyless, judgy people. But Jesus, he had this way of bringing life and joy and contagious hope to every place he went and every person he met. It's because God is a happy God. And see, because God is a happy God, because God's presence is full of joy, that's why heaven is such a wonderful place. That's why heaven is not just the holiest place there is, but heaven is the happiest place there is. Disneyland doesn't compare. And you might be like, well, like, you know, oh, but I, I you know, like, heaven is just all about, all about singing. I don't like singing. Do, do you think that if you go to heaven, it's just going to be this boring place where all we do is sing? Do you really think that? See, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't bring my iPhone there. I can't have video games there. I need to have all my fun right now because when I get to heaven, if I go to heaven, that's what it is. If that's what you think, then you're misunderstanding who God is and you're actually misunderstanding what heaven is like because heaven is not a boring place. Heaven is full of joy. Heaven is full of celebration. The Bible even describes heaven as the place where there's no more death, no more sickness, no more COVID, praise God, no more crying, no more pain. And why is that? More than anything else, it's because in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. It's because God's presence fills all of heaven in ways that we have yet to even experience here on earth. And that's why if you are a Christian and you die, and by the way, if you're just here and you're exploring Christianity, you're new to the Christian faith, you're just here to check things out, you're not even really why, sure, why, you're sure why you're here, we're so glad that you're here. We're thrilled that you're here. We hope that you find that Thrive Church is a safe place where you can just call it home, you can find some community, where you can maybe even explore your questions. We hope that you know it's a place where if you need prayer, that we can pray for you, you can click a prayer request button. If you have a question, go to mythrive.info or go at, at, at emails at info at thrivechurch.ca. But here's the thing. If you're, if you're a Christian here and you die, you have this assurance that you are going to a place that is so much happier than here. And, and if you're a Christian or maybe you're, you lose a loved one and that person is a Christian, you can have an assurance that that person, when they go to heaven, they are happier and healthier than they ever were on this earth. It's because heaven is a happy place. It's because happiness and holiness go hand in hand. And see, because God is happy, because he's a God who's full of joy, what that means, I believe, is that the more you get to know God personally, the more you grow in your relationship with God, the more you learn to live like Jesus, the Son of God, the more you're able to experience God's happiness and joy now. And see, I would even put it to you this way. Since God made you for a capacity for joy, if you're all about just doing the right thing and serving and, and, and you know, putting your head down and, and just, you know, just like doing all the things that you think you should, do, should be doing, obeying all the commands you think you should be, but you're paying no attention to how happy you are in the process, then I would submit to you that maybe, just maybe, you are not living the full life that God has for you. 
See, does that mean that you're supposed to be happy all the time? No matter what news you get, no matter what circumstance you're in? No. See, when I was a kid, I was going to church. I wasn't a Christian yet. How many of you guys know that you can go to church and not be a Christian? And, and that was me. That was me for many, many years. And for many years, when I'd go to church, I was, you know, going to church, and, and I would go and see, I'd be in this classroom with all these other kids, and they'd teach us this song. And the song goes like this. It goes, I'm in right, out, right, up, right, down, right, happy all the time. I'm in right, out, right, up, right, down, right, happy all the time. Since Jesus Christ came in and washed away my sin, I'm in right, out, right, up, right, down, right, happy all the time. Okay, that's the, that's, that's the song. Now, I get it. I get what it's trying to communicate. I get that the song is trying to say that, you know, when we receive Jesus into our lives, we receive a forgiveness that he paid for on the cross. Our sins are forgiven, and there is this joy, this peace that comes into our lives. I get that. I've experienced that later on, years later, when I actually did put my faith in Jesus, and I received him into my life. I did experience that joy. I did experience that peace, but does that mean that as long as you have Jesus in your life, you're always going to be happy? It's all happy, happy, joy, joy. No, is it? No, you're not going to be happy all the time. Of course not. In fact, Ecclesiastes 3 puts it this way. It says, there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. In other words, in life, the Bible says, you're going to go through trouble. In life, you're going to go through pain. In life, you're going to experience injustice that should make us angry, not happy. In life, you're going to experience loss that should make us weep and grieve and mourn. And so in this series, I'm not saying that somehow you can be happy all the time. I'm not saying that you can't, but the goal of the series is to tell you that you can learn to be happier. See, here's the thing. We aren't meant to be these Pollyanna, oh, everything is good even when they're not, you know, all, all's good, and you just kind of deny all of reality. You have a permagrin on your face, and no matter what news you get, you're always, I'm just happy, happy, happy. No, but what it is is that in this series, we're going to learn how you can be happier even in the tough times. We're going to learn some skills that help us to be happier. And see, some people might say, well, it's no use trying to learn to be happier. Trying to be happier is like trying to be taller. You can't, unless you're like 16 or under, you can't. But let me tell you this. Happiness is not simply a trait you either have or don't have. It's not something you're born with or, you, or, or not. Happiness is a skill you can learn. And because it's a skill you can learn, happiness is something you can actually get better at with practice and with time. See, some people say, oh, how happy a person is, it's all about genetics, it's all about circumstances, if they're born in a rich family, or you know, they, they have a certain amount of education. I'm here to tell you this. Happiness is not just the sum of your circumstances. Happiness is the product of your habits. And see, and in this series called Happier You, we're going to learn some of the most important habits that lead to a happier you. And if you're here and you're struggling with something like depression. I'm not here to deny the fact that depression is a real thing. If you've got a mental health struggle right now, I'm not here to say stop going to counseling, stop taking medicine. I'm not saying that. But what we're going to do in this series is we're going to uncover some secrets from the Bible that when you apply it to your life, no matter what background you come from, it will go a long way in helping you maximize your level of happiness and at least learn to be happier. And see, that's why it's called Happier You.
See, we want to help you give thought to and invest in your own happiness. So we hope that this series is going to help you clarify and demystify and demythify your understanding and expectations of what happiness is. And each week, as we go through each Sunday of the series, we're going to give you at least one practical action that you can take that will lend toward increased joy in your life, less stress in your life, better emotional health, and happier relationships. Welcome to Happier You. Are you guys ready for Happier You? Are you guys ready? All right. Well, hey, I've got just enough time, and I hope you'll join us not just today, but come back in the next Sundays to come, because we're going to look at one secret every single week that I believe if you take these lessons to heart, it will bring so much benefit to you. It might even change your life. But here today, I just got enough time to share with you the first secret to a happier you. See, 14 years ago, when I was going through one of the roughest seasons of my life, when my physical health was in really bad shape, when I found myself chronically depressed, overwhelmed by stress, complaining so much about life and frustrated about my situation, my work situation, lacking hope about the future, there was a pastor who taught me this first secret, which I'm going to share with you today. And to this day, 14 years later, whenever I have a bad day, or whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed with stress or worry or whatever else that might be bothering me, I'll remember the secret that my pastor taught me, and it helps me so much. See, emotionally, this secret keeps me afloat when my circumstances make me want to sink. You know, this first secret alone can often be enough to change my perspective and to help me realize that life is not near as bad as I'm making it out to be, and it helps you to remember just how lucky I really am. Do you know what that first secret is? Well, it's appropriate that we're talking about it on Thanksgiving weekend, because the first secret to a happier you is give thanks in every circumstance. Give thanks in every circumstance, in good times, in bad times. Always remember to give thanks. See, would you turn neighbor and say, always remember to give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18 says it this way. Read it with me. It says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Can I encourage you, if you have your Bibles, to flip to that verse and have it in your hand in front of you? And I want you to underline a couple words in just a minute, but read it with me one more time. It says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Would you, if you could, highlight, underline these words, give thanks in all circumstances. Do you notice that this, this verse doesn't say, give thanks for all circumstances? that would be absurd. Say you break your foot. God does not expect you to say, oh God, thank you for the pain. Oh God, thank you for the fracture. God, thank you for the increased medical bills. Thank you God for the inconvenience. Oh God, thank you for all the things I can't do anymore and all the waiting that I now have to do. God, thank you for the way that it changes my appearance. Woo! Thank you God. No, he's not asking you to do that absurd thing of you know thanking God for all circumstances, but that's not what God's word says. It doesn't say thank God, give thanks for all circumstances. God's word says give thanks in all circumstances. In other words, even in your most difficult, most painful, most frustrating circumstance, there is still something you can give thanks for. You can thank God that nothing worse 
took place. You can thank God that it was one foot and not both feet. You, know, you can thank God for the support and the love you received from people around you. You can thank God for the ways that this season is actually making you stronger and the lessons you can learn from it. See, for me, the, the greatest example of someone who got this first secret down, this secret of giving thanks in every circumstance, no one did it like Jesus Christ. See, in the Bible, you're gonna find, when you study the life of Jesus, no one gives thanks in more ways, at more times, and in more different situations than Jesus. Now, you might say, well, if I was as powerful as Jesus, I'd be thankful like Jesus. If I was famous like Jesus, I'll be thankful like Jesus. Well, trust me, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. But let me put it to you this way. Jesus wasn't thankful because he was powerful. Jesus was powerful because he was thankful. And see, in other words, Jesus understood the power of giving thanks. There's a power in giving thanks. And he would use this power to his advantage for his happiness and the happiness of others over and over and over again. For example, you know that Jesus... Jesus, he would give thanks at times and in situations where you and I would not normally give thanks. You know, for example, we give thanks after something good happens. You know, you get a job or you, you find your lost phone or you didn't, you realize you didn't lose that file that you thought you lost. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. God, thank you. And see, we, 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 we thank God after something good happens. Jesus was the opposite. See, Jesus, he would thank God in the middle of a bad situation when no one else was thanking God, and then a good thing would happen. And, and Jesus, what he would do? He would thank God in advance. He would thank God before, not after. And what happened? His thanksgiving actually prepared the way for an even greater miracle to occur. And see, there's a lesson there for us is that when you remember to give thanks in every circumstance, not only does it help you to appreciate what you already have, but it actually prepares you for greater blessings in the future. And see, here's the thing. You might be, well, oh, that sounds so mystical, Pastor JB. You know, that, that sounds so mysterious. No, it actually makes sense. See, just think about your own relationships for a minute right now. Say you do something particularly nice for someone else, and that someone else goes out of their way beyond what you expected to say thank you. For you as the giver, you will think what? You will think, hey, you know, this person really appreciates what I do, and, and they don't take what I do for granted, and so I'm actually happy to give them even more. And see, I say that because, you know, maybe there's another person where you do something nice for them and they don't express any thanks or their thanksgiving is very underwhelming. And for you as the giver, what will you think? You'll think twice about giving them anything more because why? You'll think, well, why should I give them anything more when they don't already appreciate what they already have? See, that's the thing. Heaven works that way too. Thankfulness attracts blessings. Ingratitude repels them. And see, here's a question for today. What is one relationship in your life where you ought to give thanks more? Not just feel thankful, but actually express your thanks. Oh man, how many sweet relationships turn sour all because of a lack of giving thanks? How many dead relationships have I seen come back to life when one person, or better yet, when both people in the relationship decide, I'm gonna express my thanks to that person more? For example, in the past 15 years, Harvard University did a study which found that 
couples who often say thank you to one another had happier, healthier, longer-lasting relationships. And their studies over 15 years found that just by saying thank you more often, couples were less prone to divorce and could counteract whatever negative effects came from the conflicts that they go into. And here's the thing. What Ivy League schools are just discovering in the past 15 years, the Bible has been talking about for thousands of years. It's the power of giving thanks. See, giving thanks isn't just the polite thing to do. It's not even just the right thing to do. Giving thanks is the powerful thing to do, and it leads to a happier you. See, since the first secret to a happier you is give thanks in every circumstance, I'm going to end today by giving you some happier you homework. Is that okay? All right? You're like, wow, we've got homework and happier you. Well, it's up to you if you want to do it, but if you want to make the most out of what we're learning, I suggest that you do it. I'm, in fact, going to give you two levels of homework, just depending on where you're at right now. If, 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 if you are someone where gratitude or, or thanksgiving, giving thanks is a completely new thing, then you might just want to stick with the beginner level homework. But if you're ready for more, then you might want to take the next level homework I'm going to give you. But let me start with the beginner level homework. Are you ready for the beginner level homework? Okay? All right. Since the first secret to a happier you is give thanks in every circumstance, here's your homework. Every day, find one thing to be thankful for. Every day, no matter how difficult the day has been, think of one, if not two, three, five, seven things that you can thank God for. I want you to intentionally count your blessings every day. Take a moment in the day, maybe at the beginning of the day, maybe at the end of the day, to just you know, intentionally count the blessings in your life. I encourage you even to write it down and keep what some people call a gratitude journal. You might want to you know, do it electronically, put it in your phone, maybe write it out in handwriting, but you'll be amazed that how just by focusing on the good things you're thankful for will make a difference to your happiness. And you'll be, oh, but JB, what if I don't feel thankful? Well, give thanks anyways. Because here's the thing. Notice 1 Thessalonians 5.20 doesn't say feel thankful in all circumstances. It says give thanks. See, thankfulness isn't just a feeling. Thankfulness is a choice. Here at Thrive, we call it choosing an attitude of gratitude. If you will always wait until the feeling of thanksgiving comes to you, then you will rarely experience its power. But when you choose to give thanks, the feelings of thankfulness will follow you. If you believe that, say amen. For example, you know, this happens to me from time to time. <clears throat> you know, I'll be I'll be writing a card to maybe my wife Charlene or to my son Bradley or you know to Caleb or to someone else. Even though Caleb can't read, sometimes I'll write to him anyways. And 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 at first when I'm writing, I don't feel particularly thankful. You know, I'm I'm just writing. But as I focus on that person and what that person means to me, all of a sudden I start to get like oh. <laughs> a little bit emotional. I'll start to be you know, really touched by the fact that this person's in my life. See, what happened? Did that person change in the past three minutes that I started writing the card? No. What happened was I made the choice to give thanks and the feelings began to follow. That's the power of giving thanks. That's the beginner level homework for happier you. Are you ready for the next level homework? Oh, and, and here, by the way, speaking of next level, here's the title of today's message. It's called Next Level Thanksgiving. Next level Thanksgiving. I didn't want to confuse you by giving it to you too early, but that's the title of today's message, Next Level Thanksgiving. If you want to take your Thanksgiving to the next level, here is some homework for you. Practice thanking God the way Jesus thanked God. See, in other words, practice thanking God in advance before something good happens. Don't wait for that good thing to happen and then give thanks. Practice thanking God in advance. See, for example, when you're going through a tough time, you can say, God, thank you that you're going to work this out. 
God, thank you that with your help, I'm gonna overcome this problem. God, thank you that even though the season is tough, that together we're gonna get through this. God, thank you that even though this situation is challenging, it will not always be here. Thank you, God, that you are with me in this season and we're gonna get through all this and the best is yet to come. And see, why, why do we do that? See, what you're doing is you're not just thanking God for the blessings you've already received, but you're actually putting your mind at ease about things that are beyond your control, about things that have not yet happened by trusting God with a thankful heart. And, and see, does it take a bit of faith to give thanks to God this way? Yes, it does. But you have good reason to have that kind of faith. You know why? It's because the Bible says, when we were separated from God because of our sins, when we, because of our sin, were disqualified from having anything to do with God, anything to do with heaven, when we said, I want to do things my way, not God's way, when we separate ourselves from God, God, in response, didn't quit on us. He didn't abandon us. He didn't say to hell with you. Instead, what did God do? Because God loved us, because he didn't want to spend eternity without us, because he cares about our happiness, he sent Jesus Christ, his son, to die on the cross for our sins so that whoever places their faith in Jesus Christ, not in what they do, but what in Jesus has done for them, their sins are forgiven. Their debt is paid. It's canceled. And they become children of God. And not only that, not only did Jesus die on the cross, but on the third day, in accordance with prophecies written about him long before, in accordance with promises that Jesus made about himself before he died, Jesus not only died, but he physically resurrected from the grave where he was buried to show that he's no ordinary man, that he is the son of God just as he claims to be, that he has the one over whom death has no hold and that because of that you can trust everything that Jesus says. Oh, come on, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place right now. Amen. Here's the thing, if Jesus conquered your two biggest problems in life, if Jesus conquered your sin at the cross, if Jesus conquered death at the resurrection, then how will he not help you to conquer that smaller challenge that is in front of you right now, whether it's a marriage problem, or it's a sickness, or it's a financial crisis, or it's a future uncertainty. You've got every reason to thank God in advance. Oh, come on, give God a big hand. Let's thank him in advance right now. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can thank God in advance. You can thank God in advance. See, finally, since thankfulness attracts and ingratitude repels, I want to encourage you to go out of your way to say thank you to others as well. See, thankfulness is not just something we feel. It's something we have to express. And so write that card, send that text, make that call, give that hug, say those words. It'll mean more than you could possibly imagine. You know, today is Thanksgiving Sunday, and I couldn't think of a better time than today to start giving thanks. In fact, do you know what the Hebrew word in the Bible for Thanksgiving is? It's toda. It sounds just like today, doesn't it? It sounds like today, it, and it reminds me, don't wait for some time in the future to give thanks. Do it toda. Do it soon. Do it this week. Toda today, because it's time to give thanks. Let's toda today, knowing that when we do so, you're on your way to a happier you, and the best is yet to come. Oh, come on, give God a big hand, a big shout, and let's play together right now. Amen. Well, 
as we close off the message portion of today, would you just bow your heads with me as we pray? Let's toda, today. Let's give thanks to God, even right now. I just ask you to bow your heads wherever you are. I know I can't see you, but God sees you, and we, we and, and, and I believe this response time is just as important as anything else that you've heard today. So you have all the things that we can thank God for. The greatest thing of all is that God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. And if you want to thank God for sending Jesus Christ for you, then I want to encourage you just to do this one thing, is that you can you know, lift up your head and look at your screen, touch that button that says, raise your hand, or I commit my life to Jesus. And this is just you simply saying, I receive the gift that Jesus made possible, how he died on the cross for my sins. I receive your forgiveness. I encourage you just to touch that button right now. Would you touch that button right now? And why don't you just lift your hand as, as a response. If you don't see that button, you can also do one thing, just lift up your hand to God right now as a response to God. And why don't you just pray this prayer with me right now. You can say, dear Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross to pay for my sins, that you rose again to give me life. Please come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, as simple of a prayer as that is, it's also a life-changing prayer. Because according to the Bible, you are forgiven of your sins. You are a child of God. You're a citizen of heaven. And in fact, the most important step you could ever take to your on your way to a happier you is a relationship with God through Jesus. And you've done exactly that right now. So a huge congratulations. Can we give a big hand to all those who just received Jesus Christ in their lives right now? Can we give them a big hand, a big shout in this place right now? Pray Praise God. That's amazing. We'd love to help you and encourage you, you know, in, in your relationship with God. There's a link there that you can touch so that it'll connect you with some resources to encourage you. But the second group of people we want to pray for, with every head bowed and every eye closed, is those of you who want to learn to apply happiness secret number one that we've learned today. Give thanks in every circumstance. If that's you and you realize that you could use a lot more of an attitude of gratitude in your life, if you could use a lot more of intentionally giving thanks in every circumstance, why don't you respond to God right now? It's your turn. Why don't you lift up your hand to God? Let the height of your hands reflect how much you need Him. And why don't you just take a moment even right now before I even stop talking to start thanking God. Try even thanking God in advance. Just give God thanks for the blessings that are in your life. Give God thanks on this Thanksgiving weekend. Thank him for his goodness in your life. Thank him for the ways he's always been there. Thank him for the different blessings that you can count right now. Just do that right now. Let's give God thanks. Let's be intentional. Let's talk to God right now. Don't wait for me to stop talking. Don't wait for someone else to start talking. You just start talking to God because he's here. He loves you. He's listening. Just start talking to God right now. Let's give God thanks in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. That's it, church. Just keep on giving your thanks. Make this moment count. Make this thanksgiving count. Just do that right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much.
for every single person here who's watching our service online today. On this Thanksgiving weekend, we couldn't think of a better time to start giving thanks than right now. And we just say thank you for being such an amazing Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for every amazing blessing in our lives, for clothes in our backs, for food on the table, for people in our lives, for your protection, for your forgiveness, for the fact you never give up on us, for all of your patience, for your unconditional love for every single person, most of all, how you express it when you sent Jesus Christ for each and every one of us. We thank you so much that because Jesus Christ not only died on the cross for our sins, but he rose again from the grave, we can say the best is yet to come. And so we thank you today and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Can God, give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now. Oh, come on, there's more in you than that. Give God all of your praise. Well, right now, as we get ready for the next part of our service, I'm going to be handing the time to our worship band. They're going to lead us in a song. At the same time, as you're giving God your worship through song, let's also give God our worship through our offerings and our tithes. If you call throughout church or home church, or you just believe in the work that God is doing here, or you want to help contribute to our new Bibles for Kenya project, I encourage you to go to mythought.info to give. Thank you so much in advance for giving. Praise God. When we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need, and he also builds his kingdom through us. And so let's give to God first, knowing that he does all those things. And so let's give with a thankful heart today. Right now, I'm going to take it to the worship band. Let's sing. Let's worship. Let's give. Let's give our very best to God right now. I choose to believe 
Though the future isn't clear to me I trust you anyway In every breath I breathe, oh And every breath I breathe An invitation to believe you are creating Something good, oh And though the season doesn't tell my story What I need 
God, one more big hand, a big shout, and let's play together right now. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that on this day that we have so much to be thankful for. We thank you so much for being our awesome God that hangs on to us in every season, including this current one. And we thank you, Jesus, that you will work out this current season, that you are with us and the best is yet to come. And so with that in mind, we pray all of your blessing, your joy, your protection, your wisdom, strength, healing, comfort, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. One more time, you got a big hand, a big shout. You guys are an amazing church. It's been awesome to celebrate Thanksgiving with all of you. And so we're gonna sign off right here. That closed off our service. We love you guys. Mwah. Praise God, the best yet to come. We'll see you guys next week for episode two of Happier You. We're gonna hand it back to our online host, Christine. A very happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. We love you guys. Praise God, the best is yet to come. Take care, everybody. Thank you, Pastor JB, for such a powerful message. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. All right, let's jump into some announcements. Once again, if this is your first time visiting us, let us know by texting NEW to 604-285-5770 and we'll mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. Check it out by clicking in the link in the chat room or by visiting mythrive.info. All right, if you made the decision to receive Jesus Christ today, congratulations! Let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770 and we have prepared a gift that includes a series of videos that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. It'll be mailed right to your door and we hope they'll guide you on the right path to follow Jesus. Also, if you'd like to get baptized or find out more about baptism, go to mythrive.info slash baptism. Bibles for Kenya! Join us in spreading hope in Kenya one Bible at a time. We want to provide Bibles for people in Kenya, and our goal is to provide 500 Bibles to 500 new believers in Kenya by Sunday, November 1st, 2020. For more information and how to support, please go to mythrive.info. Wasn't today's message amazing? I took so many valuable notes today during the message. A lesson that resonated the most with me today is that happiness is not just a trait you either have or don't have. Happiness is a skill you can learn. As you know, today, Pastor JB kicked off a brand new message series called A Happier You, Learning the Secrets to a Happier You. We invite you to join us in the next few weeks as we continue to learn more helpful tips from Pastor JB to becoming a happier you. If you found this message helpful today, we also want to encourage you to invite all of your friends and family to join us next week. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings at mythrive.info. I hope you had a fun time today and have a fun and lovely Canadian Thanksgiving and long weekend. I'll see you next week right here at Thrive Church Online. Bye!